0: The Chargers are comes a lightning bolt! Charger fans, are witnesses to history! This is the Lightning Round podcast with your hosts Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle.
1: Go Chargers, go!
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Lightning Round podcast. Garrett and Jamie here. Jamie is at lightning underscore round. I am, of course, at Garrett Sisti and the chargers made some moves in this off season this free agency period and we are here to talk about it so we're going to talk about the moves that happened some new guys that are brought on some re-signings we'll get into all that and then also get into uh, one sticking point here when they when the new year kicked in yesterday so let's go ahead and start and we'll talk about the big signing it was the first one that happened It was the Green Bay Packers Center, the former Green Bay Packers Center now. Corey Lindsley, he signed a five-year, $62.5 million deal, making him the highest-paid center. But, of course, the Chargers did their patent at Ripcord, and they gave themselves a potential out in 2023.
1: Yeah, this is a a great contract for the Chargers. I mean, they basically signed a 30-year-old center to a two-year deal with an option to keep him for anywhere from one to three more years at minimal cost. So, fantastic deal. And in terms of the player, you know, you're talking about, like Garrett said, the best center in the league right now. Uh, you're getting somebody who is a top notch player in his physical prime, who has played on, you know, championship caliber teams, has playoff experience in the middle of that line. He is a fantastic athlete. He's great as a pass blocker, he's a fantastic run blocker. Uh, he does pretty much everything well. I think I saw somewhere that last year he allowed two penalties and two sacks all year long. That is pretty damn good compared to what we've had there <laughs> lately. Oh, <yeah>. So
0: um, <laughs> We're used to seeing that per game in the Chargers yeah, stat line. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Um, and I think what fans are really going to appreciate is he's so good as a player. I think the communication is going to improve a great deal. This is a team that's had a hard time recognizing and picking up a gap blitzes over the last couple of years. They've had a lot of turnover at the center position. And I think people are going to realize that Dan Feeney just was inadequate in terms of understanding what's happening around him and adjusting to things as they change in the middle of that line. And because he was inadequate, he was not communicating things very well to his teammates. And that's why they had so many struggles in the middle of that line. And I think Lindsley and another signing we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, Matt Filer, I think those guys are really going to help with that communication and the level of play and the physicality and everything is going to be light years better than it has been in recent years.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. And inadequate is uh, being kind, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> i referring to Dan Feeney. But yeah, so. You know, Lindsay was voted first-team All-Pro last season for the Packers. He had his best season, and uh, so it's not like it's a guy who hit 30 and is starting to do that drop-off. He had his best season yet, and, of course, the Chargers rewarded them for it. And shout-out to Ed McGuire for that patented parachute he puts in there. Uh, you mentioned it. It's basically a two-year deal. If he is able to go for five years, you know, great, but it's also uh, very cost-effective after that. So, uh, you know, the Chargers haven't really had – a center of this caliber in god what decades i mean i can't remember the last time they've had a, a, a center of this caliber so courtney of course hall. yeah at all yeah ever <laughs> in the history no, I of the franchise courtney hall. oh courtney i thought you said at all <laughs> <laughs> maybe ever yeah courtney hall i mean better than hardwick is you know closest of memory but uh, at least a recent memory and so You know, as soon as he hits the field, we're going to see a drastic difference. You talked about communication. I mean, he's going to be a captain in the middle of the line. He's made a living at making calls at the line, and it's going to make Herbert's life a hell of a lot easier, which is uh, going to be great for his future. He's been rock solid for the Packers, one of the best centers in the NFL. I mean, he was the best center on the market. This was the best case going into the free agency in my mind uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and it's a perfect fit for the Chargers. They get a savvy veteran, the man in the middle, and you know he's had a few nagging injuries, especially last year. He missed a couple games. He only missed he's only missed three games in the last four years, but last year
1: you just jinxed it.
0: Yeah, but last year was the only time he had. Injuries, which was where he missed the three games. So, yeah, you could say I just jinxed it. But at least going into free agent, looking at this signing, uh, obviously a durable player, heading in his thirties, uh, coming off his best football, and they put that ripcord in, which is great. And I think the plan to protect hashtag protect Herbert is a great plan. This is exactly what they needed to do to help Herbert out, and uh, a great first signing when they hit free agency by signing Corey Lindsley. So, you know, to me, this was the best case scenario on the offensive side of the ball. So I am very, very happy about the signing.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely the best possible outcome uh, to get somebody who's been playing for the Packers and playing at a high level for so long to be able to come over here. And you talked about uh, Brian Bulaga, you know, um, vouching for him and vouching for the team, basically, to get it done. That's a huge coup for the Chargers. And I think it's something that, is really going to pay off, not just for Herbert, but for everybody around Lindsley in the offensive line. It's just going to make everybody's job easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned it, kind of alluded to it. The second signing was another guy to help uh, protect Herbert. It was the former Steelers offensive lineman Matt Filer. They signed him to a three-year, $21 million deal. They gave themselves a potential out in 2023, again making this a two-year deal. Filer has played right tackle, most recently played guard for the Steelers. He isn't a guy, name-wise, that's as exciting as Lindsley, but this is one of those guys that I love watching when uh, when I went went back and watched him where he's so boring because he just gets his job done. You know, it's not a flashy guy who's going to grind people into the dirt or get an offensive line pumped up or or be a cheerleader. He's just a guy that gets his job done. He's very consistent. Uh, I didn't see him lose very often. He obviously has that versatility now. He could play tackle. He could play guard. And also some more veteran presence. So you have a guy like Lindsley. You've got a guy like Filer now. You've got a guy like Balaga, all veterans in the NFL who can help man that line and help whoever, hopefully, this rookie left tackle, hint, hint, uh, that comes on in the draft. Uh, you got some pieces there in place now. Um, Filer is going to be reuniting with his former offensive line coach, uh, Sean Serrett, who's the now assistant with the Chargers. Filer's now going to plug into the guard spot. Uh, next to uh, the new center Lindsley adding in of the mix. I mean, that's a really good core heading into 2021 and some uh, proven veterans to help protect Herbert.
1: Yeah. You got to figure filer will slide in at the left guard spot, which is where he played last year Yep. Um, after playing mostly right tackle in 2019. And this is another really good, really creative, smart deal for the chargers. Uh, only a $6 million signing bonus. And, if for some reason he's not Filer is not on the roster on the third league year of next year, none of his uh, salary is guaranteed. So they could technically drop him next year before the third league year and basically eat four million dollars to save five and a half million. Yep. So there are, there are two outs there: one after this year, one after next year. Um, right. So very very smart deal. And like you said, Filer is just steady. Uh, it's kind of the same way I described uh, Rashawn Slater, the tackle prospect when I when I first watched him. Is He's boring in all the best possible ways. Yep. like He's just so good that you just don't see him lose. Um, he doesn't get bullied. You're not seeing him get bent in half or jacked back into the line of scrimmage. He rarely gets beat off the snap. Filer is athletic enough to be effective pulling uh, and trapping. He's also highly effective at the second level. You almost never see him miss a second level block in the running game or in the screen game. He can get out to the third level if you need him to. Very steady in pass protection. Uh, He handles edge players and and tackles on on a regular basis in terms of uh, playing that guard position. You see a lot of stunts and twists and he's always adjusting to what's happening in front of him. And also very smart and very aware. Plays with a very high football IQ. You see his head is always on a swivel. He's a guy who's constantly adjusting to changing rush requirements, uh, rush responsibilities. You just don't see people get a free run by him. He's not easily confused. He's not bullied. He's not easily beat with speed. He's just always in position and he always gets the job done. And I I would imagine he's going to play left guard to start this year. If for some reason Brian Bulaga doesn't work out in year two and they decide to move on from him, he'd be an excellent option at right tackle. So there's a lot of flexibility there. So very, very good signing for Matt Filer, kind of an under-the-radar name. Uh, I threw this out there on Twitter and in our Slack with the Bolts from the Blue guys the other day. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Mike Goff signing back in 2004, Uh, a guy who wasn't on a lot of people's radars, not a superstar at his position, certainly not commanding top dollar but just a smart, steady, reliable, durable player who's going to be on the field, who's going to produce, and he's going to get his job done. Kind of a glue player that ties the whole line together in the middle there, especially on the left side, which I really like.
0: Yeah, it's a great one-two punch here to start free agency with Filer and Lindsley. I loved investing in the offensive line and the guys they got, so it it was a great first two moves. And so uh, right after that, they kept a in-house free agent, and it was the corner Michael Davis, which, of course, becomes huge when they cut Casey Hayward. They re-signed Michael Davis to a three-year, $25 million contract. He gets $10.4 million in the first year, and the contract has a potential out in 2022. Shout out again to Egg McGuire for that ripcord.
1: Yeah, they can get out this year or after 2022 if they need to. Another very smart, creative deal, and you know, an in-house guy who's had to kind of scratch and claw and earn everything he's gotten on the team. He's a guy who earned, he earned a bad reputation among fans early on in terms of not playing well, drawing penalties, getting beat deep. He's been much better the last two years. And I think if you really watch what he did in 2020, you're talking about a guy who can play man, he can play zone. He matches up with big tight ends. He matches up with big receivers uh, there was a stretch there last year uh, in the during the 2020 season in the middle of the year where he, in I think three or four weeks in a row, he shut down Darren Waller, shattered him pretty much the whole game man-to-man, played tight coverage, really handled Stephon Diggs really well, and had a couple other high-level matchups where he played extremely well. He still gets ripped for not being a good player. Some people feel he's not worth the, the money, but you know this year, with a $6.4 million cap hit, they really got him at a bargain. And even if they're paying him the 9.4 the next two years, I think it's still a bargain. I think he's a guy who is ascending. It seems like they've got a bigger role carved out for him. I think you're going to see him play a lot more man-to-man, kind of play that star position, you know, uh, shadow the other team's best player, kind of help hide coverages and be all over the field. And in my opinion, he was the team's best coverage man and arguably their best tackler for most of 2020. So... A well-deserved and hard-earned contract for Michael Davis, a guy who was one of our first player interviews here on the show, and very nice guy, a very forthcoming with us on the interview. Always good to see good people make good
0: yeah and I think what you touched on last is most important for another podcast michael davis <laughs> was, uh, yeah i mean yeah i mean he he had his best year no doubt in twenty twenty and he deserved the new deal. He to me looked like i mean you talk- he, he was the best coverage man, bar none, and then also best tackler and probably the best defender on the field, not named Joey bosa for yep. all of twenty twenty He finished with a career high in 62 tackles, three interceptions. One was a pick six that he took to the house. and 14 pass deflections, was much better with his ball skills in 2020. He comes in uh, that a player, obviously, Staley has ready to mold in his defense. He fits the script. I mean, he's quick, he's long, athletic. You know, a guy that uh, they can they kind of left on an island at times in 2020, and uh, they let his his man skills shine last year. So, you know, we saw Staley last year, and um, you you were kind of talking to me about it on Twitter how you know they had Ramsey shadowing that wide receiver one, the opposing wide receiver one uh, left him on an island so that safeties could attack the line of scrimmage. That was kind of Staley's mo with those DBs in with the Rams, and now you've got a guy who. Staley can let Davis loose. And also, you know, when you start mixing Derwin James in the mix, who can also play that star position. I mean, you've got guys that are now kind of interchangeable, that kind of fit that plan and that defense and kind of part of Staley's vision. So it fits the defense perfectly. And uh, I'm I'm very glad with this signing. I mean, if it doesn't work out, they have obviously can cut him. They can get rid of him uh, with minimal damage. And Michael Davis earned this contract. He deserves it. And I know a lot of people are going back and forth because I think because of his – like you were talking about, earlier in his playing days, people weren't impressed with him. He was getting beat deep. And, you know, I think the ball skills were really lacking early on. They but were. with what he did in 2020 – he absolutely deserved this deal three year 25 million dollar deal for a guy like Michael Davis, which a lot of teams were very interested in him, I think uh, fits perfectly, and of course they uh, built those you know those outs in that contract too. so uh, I'm happy for Michael Davis. Uh, he deserves his contract, fits Staley's defense going forward, which is great, and um, I'm a fan of the signing.
1: yeah, I'm a big fan of it too. I think you know you've got a long athletic fast corner who's kind of like you mentioned interchangeable almost positionless scheme versatile to work in there with derwin hopefully they find another corner and we're not talking about Tavon campbell being corner number two (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) um but i do think you know this is a good signing it's a guy who's earned it he's worked hard we've seen his development year to year and he took a huge leap forward in 2020 can you expect him to take another leap forward next year I don't know. He took a pretty big leap in 2020, so he may not take another leap forward. But if he takes even a couple baby steps forward and continues to improve as his role expands, I think people will find that this was a very smart signing, keeping somebody in-house who they can, like you mentioned, mold to fit the defense and really move around and use their advantage as a weapon as opposed to just having him drop back and play zone defense and try to hunt balls that way. Yeah,
0: yeah, so they can th- cut him loose a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think they'll make better use of his skill set for sure.
0: Okay, so this last one isn't as exciting and probably something in true to Lightning Round Podcast fashion, true to our form, uh, probably won't spend more than 60 seconds on this. But the Chargers re-signed Michael Badgley to a one-year deal a guy that struggled last year. They also signed kicker Tristan Visciano. Is that his last name? Uh, do, I it doesn't so. matter. Uh, Wh- whatever it is, I don't care. Earlier in the off season. <laughs> so so uh, lucky us, we get to relive this nightmare of a kicker competition. I have no feelings on this whatsoever. We'll see who wins and whatever.
1: Yeah, it's not as big a deal <laughs> as some people are making out to be on Twitter. I think you're just talking about giving Badgley one more year to see if he can figure it out winning camp and have a good season. No big commitment, no big loss. If it doesn't work out, if he loses out fine, hopefully you've got an improvement moving on.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I think we did it under 60 (laughs) seconds. Thank you. Uh, So, all right. So uh, one other move and that didn't really go into the radar, but uh, something that happened uh, yesterday and that was the chargers made Mike Williams fifth year option fully guaranteed. To the tune of $15.6 million. Uh,
1: can we say irresponsible?
0: <laughs> Re- I say reckless, but yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh,
1: that works too. Uh, <laughs> you've got a wide receiver with 1,000-yard season under his belt. He con- He's constantly dinged up, runs sloppy, lazy routes. He's not very fast, can't separate, has to have the ball forced to him in coverage in order to get open, and he has to make miracle leaping catches, which... Everybody seems to think he's much better at than I do. Um, but I think he's a one-dimensional receiver. Is there a place for him on the offense? Probably, if they use him more. Does that place warrant $15.6 million? No, it does not. Uh, in my opinion, they should have tried to extend him to a, a new deal to get that cap number down. If not, that, if that didn't work out, that option should have been rescinded. There's no way you can go into this season – paying him $15.6 million. I know Chargers fans love him. Everybody thinks he's a beast, a monster, whatever. He's not. He's a one-dimensional wide receiver. He always has been. He really hasn't improved as a route runner since he came out of the draft. Uh, He lacks explosiveness. He's just a jump ball guy. And he's a jump ball guy who they don't really need anymore because they actually have a quarterback who can get the ball down the field without having to float flutter balls down there. Yep. So it's kind of an outdated position in this particular offense with the quarterback they have. And we saw that because he was not really used all that much this year outside of a couple games where he had some big fourth quarter catches. He really was a non-factor for most of the year. So, and I get the argument, you know, if he's not there, teams will double Keenan Keenan Allen. I'll just say this wide receiver is arguably the easiest position to find in the NFL. You can find it in the early rounds. You can find it in the middle rounds of the draft. You can find it in the late rounds. The Chargers have had a lot of success finding that position in UDFA. You do not need to spend 15.6 million dollars on Mike Williams when you're already spending 20 million plus on Keenan Allen. It's a waste of money. He should have been rescinded. That money should have been should have been used to try to bring back uh, Hunter Henry or sign another tight end on the free agent market. It's just a mistake. They just, I think they let Ke- uh, Hunter Henry moving on scare them into keeping him. To be perfectly honest.
0: There's so much to this that I don't like. And I know um, a lot of people do like Mike Williams. And I I know that a lot of those fourth quarter jump balls come into a lot of people's minds. Maybe even that two-point conversion catch where he's wide open in Kansas City. I mean, there's a lot of highlight reel catches. But when you look at his career as a whole, he in no way, shape, or form should be earning $15 million per year for this year. It makes no sense. Forget it that it's one year. He just hasn't proved to be that player. And they should have, like you mentioned, they should have negotiated an extension. If they did not get that extension, they should have let him go. And people are arguing like, well, they could still do an extension and bring that no- that money down. I mean, he made $19 million over the first four years of his contract. He's making now close to that and $15.6 million in 2021. Why would he agree to an extension when he can just take the major payday and then have the chance to bump his stock for 2022 when he hits the free agent market? I mean, that seems like a sound plan. And to me, I'm not knocking Mike Williams for that. He should do that. He should get his money. The Chargers should not have let him get that money is what I'm saying. He, Like you mentioned, he's only broken a 1,000 yards once in his career. He's right now in the, in the same range as guys like Odell Beckham Jr., Tyreek Hill. Now he's making more money than guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup. I mean, those are all wide receiver ones. Uh, maybe Cooper Cup on the edge there, but still guys that are much better than Mike Williams and guys that deserve to be making that money. Mike Williams does not. I hate to even say this because we've said over and over, do not sign free agent wide receivers. But to me, you can sign guys right now for much less than 15 per year that do things much better than Mike Williams does. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones would have been a good option. There were guys out there that could do what Mike Williams does, but better. And make less money. So none of that makes any sense. You know, they were on such a good streak with these offensive linemen, resetting Michael Davis. This was a bad move from Telesco.
1: Yeah, pretty much everything else they've done this offseason made sense. This does Mm -hmm. not make sense. It doesn't make sense from a roster-building standpoint. It doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint. It's bad business. It's bad all the way around. And it just looks like they were too scared to get rid of him after losing Hunter Henry. And to further your point about free agency— Even if you're not talking about Will Fuller or Kenny Galladay or some of those guys, there's a lot of depth to this wide receiver class. And if you read up on what's happening in free agency, these guys are all demanding huge money and all the teams are holding fast. No, we're not going to pay you that money. There is going to be value probably starting next week towards the bottom of tier one of the wide receivers in free agency where you can sign somebody who gives you more speed, who runs better routes, who's going to make more plays for you for less money per year, and spread out the guarantees over three or four years to really drive that cap hit down and give yourself more room to sign another player that you need. But this is just $15.6 million of dead money. It's just bad business. They, For a team that's generally so good at managing the cap and did such a great job of using all the little tricks of the trade to drive cap numbers down on the deals they have signed so far this year, this is just a whiff. This is just like, well we can't do that. Then then it's just Keenan. There's no there's no planning. There's no forethought. There's no nothing. It's just sitting pat because they lost Hunter and now we need to keep Mike. It's just it's just a bad plan. It's a bad plan and I think it's gonna hurt them in the long run. They could have had somebody for three or four more years, and they're probably gonna lose Mike in free agency next year anyway, because he's gonna be expecting that money to go up next year. Mm-hmm and they have no leverage no means to get him to take an extension he's not taking an extension yeah the only leverage they have was rescinding his his um his option yeah and they made that pretty clear from the beginning that they weren't going to do it so they they gave up their leverage right away and now they're stuck with him and stuck with that salary and there's nothing they can do about it he's in complete control it's just complete it's mismanagement is what it is
0: Yeah, and you know, they still have some room. They can still make some moves, but when you look at the roster now, there's still a bunch of holes we don't know who's playing free safety we don't know who's going to be that cb2 next to michael davis uh defensive tackle is a real issue right now uh well it's always been an issue but uh, it's still an issue (laughs) it will never not be an issue (laughs) it'll never not be an issue there's still uh some problems there they don't have a left tackle um they still have to figure out left guard i mean there are now a tight end so there's a lot of holes on this roster and you basically sucked up a big chunk of that in 15 million dollars in a wide receiver or two, who's basically going to be a one year rental at this point.
1: They could have probably cut that cap number in half by signing a free agent wide receiver and spreading the guarantees out yep. and save themselves seven or eight million dollars to go fill another position, like I don't know, a right guard or an edge player. And I think the other thing that's kind of disappointing is because of what they did with Mike, if you look at some of these signings that are starting to happen these last in the last 24 hours, you're starting to see some of these value signings pop up where guys teams aren't really sure what guys are so they're signing them to one and two year deals with small cap hits a guy like a uh, Hassan Redick Hassan Redick yep I mean you think they could have used him on the edge for eight million bucks for one year I mean that that seems like a no-brainer there are corners out there that are going to be signing one and two year deals for minimal cap hits these are all positions of need for the Chargers and they've limited their ability to fill some of those holes because of what they did with Mike Williams and that's like I said, it's it's mismanagement. They're just not they're not doing their job. As well as well as they did on these other three contracts, this almost negates some of that because of how negligent they were. That's the word I've been looking for. Negligent because of how negligent they were with how they handled Mike Williams. It's just bad business.
0: We talked about it. We were a fan of the moves on the offensive line, bringing back Michael Davis, whatever with Michael Badgley, but uh, this kind of dampens it a little bit. They still have some money, and they've got uh, still a lot of holes to fill. They've got free agency, and they got the draft, but it's th- those names are starting to tick off that board, and so you're not going to get a lot of these value signings for very much longer.
1: Yeah, they, they need to get on it. They need to spend – The next 72 hours or so, locking up some deals to fill some holes in the starting lineups that then they can go start spending smaller money on depth. Um, You know, they've lost a lot of their depth too. I mean, Denzel Perriman left. We kind of figured that would happen. Um, It needed to happen. But even so, he's gone. Nick Vigil's gone. Now there's no depth at linebacker. There's no depth at edge, defensive tackle, corner. I mean, there's no left tackle, no right guard, no tight end. So they've got some issues there. They've got a lot of work to do, and they've still got, I think, somewhere around twenty-two or twenty-four million dollars somewhere in that neighborhood. So there's still money there to be used to fix those holes. But then they've got to fell at the back of the roster. So there's there's still a lot of work left to do.
0: Yeah, and I think for the most part, the in-house free agents. I mean, outside of maybe Hunter Henry, but you know, like like you said, letting Denzel Perryman go. Glad with that. Glad that they didn't try to get back Rayshon Jenkins. Nick Vigil, the cut of Casey Hayward makes sense. I mean, all those mm-hmm. moves this offseason had all made sense up to Mike Williams.
1: The other one that I think they kind of missed on—not kind of—they definitely missed on was. I was certain they were going to make a play for John Johnson, and to see oh, him yeah. sign for
0: that made too much sense.
1: Ten or eleven million dollars seems like that's a, a deal they they could have and should have made. I'm not sure why it didn't happen. If they've got another option, if they're committed to Adderley, but that seemed like an easy fill. To support Derwin James as with another, you know, positionless type player in the secondary, and they just missed out on it. So and for only three years too. So probably he's gonna, you know, there's probably an out in that deal after two years. Another deal they probably could have matched. So just missing some opportunities there, and I think, you know, sticking with that fifteen point eight million for Mike Williams, I think that really hurt their ability to maneuver with some of those bigger deals. So hold on. Before we finish this show. And ignore
0: everything we just said about tight end. The Chargers just quite literally signed a tight end <laughs> while we're recording this podcast. The Chargers just signed Jared Cook to a one-year $6 million deal. So a, obviously a one-year rental at this point. Uh, a veteran, 12-year veteran, who is now, what did we say, 30? 30, 30, he'll be
1: 34 in two weeks. Yay.
0: Yes, this is not the uh, tight end that everybody was looking for. Zach Ertz uh, is not the name that they picked, but they filled the gap, and it looks like they can wait a little bit on drafting a tight end because I think once Hunter Henry went and there wasn't any movement on Ertz and no movement in free agency on a tight end, we thought maybe they'd target Pitts, maybe trade up, maybe find somebody else in the first round, but at least they got a uh, starting caliber tight end now.
1: Yeah, so the good news is they're not going to waste—it a, it wouldn't be a waste, but they're not going to spend a first-round pick on a luxury pick at tight end. So it seems like they are setting themselves up to take a tackle and a corner in some order in the first two rounds of the draft, which is, I think, the direction they need to go. Uh, as far as Cook, on the one hand, he has been an average to above-average tight end in the league for a long time, and I do mean a long time. Yep. Uh, this will be this will be his 13th season in the league. Ironic, I know. I'm 43 and I'm calling a 34-year-old old, but <laughs> such is life in the NFL. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there, I mean, there are two couple different ways to look at this. You could look at this as, you know, maybe buying time um, to not have to use a, a first or second round pick on a tight end in the draft. Maybe hoping that Parham or Steven Anderson, who we know they're still hoping to re-sign, Uh, can take a larger role in the offense and be ready in 2022 for such a role he fills a similar role to hunter henry does cook he's a kind of a short and intermediate chain mover Uh, also highly effective in the red zone which henry has not been lately so maybe you get a little a little bump in the red zone and on third down um you know his numbers have been up and down throughout his career Not a huge commitment, probably not a whole lot of guaranteed money at $6 million for one year, so there's not a big commitment there, but it does fill a hole with somebody they can rely on to be remotely productive or relatively productive, I should say, and hopefully on some level replace, if not improve upon Hunter Henry's production in the offense. So not exciting, but like I said, he should be somewhat productive and maybe help them quite a bit in the red zone, which is an area where I think we all we're kind of disappointed with Hunter Henry's production in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Don't hate the mood move. Obviously uh, they fill a big hole left by Hunter Henry leaving to sign with the Patriots. Another connection, Joe Lombardi, of course, chargers, new offensive coordinator. And, Jared Cook, uh, because Jared Cook was a big name among Charger fans, um, I remember just kind of looking into him and watching him. He he did not look very good last year, but don't look at the stats from last year. That was Taysom Hill for most of the year. So even if you look at the down year from last year, that obviously the quarterback play had something to do with it. But... Jared Cook did have his highest touchdown numbers when looking into him with the Saints the last two years, so at least he's been productive in the red zone. And then you can look at him as a as a good red zone option. And you know does a lot of the things that uh, Hunter Henry does in terms of you know how productive he was. I know that Hunter Henry was younger and there's that whatever you want to call potential, but Hunter Henry was also banged up, and uh, you got a guy who can obviously help you move the sticks, help you in the red zone, uh, obviously collect some touchdowns. Not a great blocker, just a whatever blocker. A fine move, and uh, I'm 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 fine with it.
1: Yeah, I think it'll help. Um, and obviously, it removes one more glaring need on the roster. So yep. it kind of starts to give you a a path to, or a, a preview of what they're looking to do in the draft, how they're prioritizing certain holes in the draft, and what they're looking to fill early. Barring any more big free agent signings or even any more value free agent signings, it seems pretty likely we're probably going to get either a corner or a tackle in the first round. And whichever one they don't take in the first round, they will probably take in the second round. So you like that thinking. Those are probably two of the most important holes on the roster right now. Using those value picks at those positions is something they have not done really at all in Tom Telesco's time here outside of Jason Verrett um, and DJ Fluker. So a little shift in philosophy, reprioritizing holes that they've had for a while and finally making them you know a big priority is a good thing and uh cook you know outside of last year where breeze was hurt and even when he was playing he was physically limited uh you know last 3 years he's had at least 688 yards receiving and he's had seven or six six or more touchdowns each of the last 3 years even with breeze on the decline so solid red zone weapon which is something they need and uh should help out not not sexy not exciting not a long term fix certainly, but buys him some time, maybe allows him to look at a tight end in the third round or something and focus on other needs in the first couple rounds of the draft.
0: And I know that's probably Telesco that just texted you, so uh, get on that and see what the next move is uh, (laughs) when you can. But um, just, and there's some more information coming in, and uh, I just saw more details on the contract. So it's $4.5 million guaranteed. He can earn up to $6 million max. So... I mean, you can't can't hate on that. And then when you look at Hunter Henry who was two year 27 million dollars?
1: Well, it was 20, 3 30, it was 3 years 37 million, but there's a rip cord after the second year.
0: Right, which would have been two years about
1: 27 million yeah, yeah, about
0: 27 million. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're you know, comparing apples to apples here on tight ends, you know, you're saving a little bit more money having Jerry Cook doing about the same thing, more of a red zone weapon. I, you know, I'm I'm good with it. I'm I'm fine with this offseason. Outside of Mike Williams, things are still going good.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would say is if you're looking at the offense in terms of uh, you know, explosiveness, the ability to run after the catch, make plays after the catch, outside of really Keenan Allen, who isn't overly explosive but can make people miss in the open field, they don't really have anybody on the roster right now who can create with the hand with the ball in their hands. Nope. It's a it's still a very slow group. This is something that we talked about back when they transitioned out of guys like Vincent Jackson and Malcolm Floyd. They've always liked their big slow receivers and we were hoping they would catch up with the rest of the league. They have not done that yet. So hopefully they'll get themselves some speed in the draft because they still do need to get faster on both sides of the ball, but particularly uh in terms of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They need they need speed, they need explosiveness, they need somebody's some guys who are elusive and can create in the open field and they really don't have that right now.
0: No, and that's something they're going to have to address in the draft for sure. I mean, I guess they could do it in free agency too, but obviously it would be uh more beneficial to do it in the draft later in the, you know, third round and on from there. And it's, I mean when you look around the AFC West too and how it seemed like every other team was going that direction in last year's draft with the Raiders drafting uh Rugs and the Broncos getting Hamler and of course the Chiefs having Tyreek Hill and their track team. I mean, everybody was getting faster except the Chargers. So uh, it's about time they start to get some more speed. Because Jared Cook obviously isn't going to add that. But you've got a veteran tight end with a a quarterback going into his second year. So that'll help. And uh, he's been a reliable weapon.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think it's a solid signing as long as they address some of those concerns about speed and playmaking ability in the open field. They should be fine. But they should at least replace Hunter's Uh, Production on third down and probably improve upon it in the red zone, which are positives.
0: Yeah, definitely. And at what, a fifth of the cost?
1: Yeah, solid value for sure.
0: Right. So basically what it does is we know that they don't have to address tight end early in the draft, like maybe some had thought once Hunter Henry left. So at least you put a band-aid on for 2021. Jerr Cook gives them a reliable weapon. He's a veteran for the, you know, young quarterback going into his second year. This is a great value in that Jerry Cook is going to definitely outperform that $6 million for that one year. And when you see what Hunter Henry got, you got it at a bargain. And it's now a reliable red zone weapon, which we didn't get from Hunter Henry with the Chargers. So all around, this is a solid move, not sexy, but something that should help the offense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, oh, look at that. I see what the text was. The Chargers re signed Ty Long. That's what that text was. Look at that.
1: <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's sources came through. My, yeah, because I'm so worried about the punter.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's where you're plugged in the kicking game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Always. <laughs> and I'm we right don't really have much thoughts on that either. It's the most it's exciting <laughs> part of training camp the kicking, <laughs> the kicking
0: competition yeah so yeah and we you know like kickers we don't have much thoughts on ty long either
1: nope hopefully he punts it high and long with a lot of hang time and nobody returns anything for touchdowns
0: yep we'll save the kicker and punting tape for somebody else that's not
1: our for matthew bag. stanley
0: for matthew stanley yep all right <laughs> well that does it if uh, any other big moves happen we'll probably jump on into a podcast but for now that'll do it i am At Garrett Sissy on Twitter, Jamie.
1: At Lightning Underscore Round. And
0: we will see you next time.
1: Thanks, everybody.